This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Tucker Smallwood from Star Trek Enterprise. You're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise show. I'm your host, Floyd Dorsey, and I'm joined by Warp 5's chief engineer, Brandon Shamatala. How's it going, Brandon? Golden bones, baby. We're going to have some fun with the dice tonight. All right. I'm, I, I, this, this is really exciting, folks. For this show, we have a guest returning to the NX-01 that will be a very familiar voice to Trek FM listeners. Tonight, Brandon Shea and I are pleased to be welcoming Philip Gilfus back aboard. Welcome back, Philip. Well, th- well thank you. Thank you. It's, it's cool to be back. Um, you know, I've actually been adventuring uh, here on the NX-01 with my Enterprise rewatch, getting ready for Discovery. So it's this is kind of become a little familiar kind of a kind of a, a second home well third well fourth i mean i watch a lot of series where would this be but anyway it's a it's another home of mine so i'm i'm glad to be here 47th it's very your 47th good. home <laughs> very good so yeah uh Folks, remember, if you want to get in on the discussion for the episode, just uh, drop into Facebook, go to the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L in the search field. Come right in there and join in with us. And also, if you like hearing what's uh, coming at you here in just a moment or on all the Trek FM shows, just visit patreon.com slash Trek FM to get more information. And we'll just point and out before just, we get in there that, yeah, Floyd uh, Phillip's talking about how he's getting ready for Discovery. We are recording this prior to Discovery releasing. However, this will be dropped in the feeds, like, well after Discovery has been released. So <laughs> It's one of those timey-wimey things. Well, you though. know, with all access, I could watch Discovery whenever I wanted to, you know. True, that is true, actually. I heard that and all with podcasting, you can listen the to it anytime. of a cup of coffee. That's right. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Don't get that started. Oh, please. Oh, no. We don't have okay. it in Canada. So... So, how much um, is Netflix Canada? Is it like a cup of tea in there? What is what is this? Canada? I have to subscribe to Crave, which is like seven or eight bucks a month, which is fine. That's uh, a big deal. Oh. So that's like like a venti, man. Geez, yeah, a venti. Is Starbucks expensive in Canada? Um, Just... No, it's socialized. Yeah, I would say it is a little bit. So it's a little bit expensive. I'm gonna just. Uh... Nice. Okay. So, hey, uh, future episodes, 
We, if you have been sticking around to the end of Warp Fives, hopefully you've been like soldiering through it, and you get down to the end, you get to, you've been hearing some teasers for uh, what we've got going on for you. But we're actually, I'd like, I was wanting to just throw a teaser out there for this episode. So, um, Brandon, we have some retrospective. Yeah, we got another uh, season three retrospective coming up. We're going to continue on, and and uh, the plan right now is to have uh, Heather and Patrick back on again. Uh, for the next four episodes, which uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on. I wrote down I didn't have it open here, Floyd. You're throwing me under the bus here. Or under the shuttle pod. Under the shuttle pod. Right. Shuttle pod three. Well, it's, it, we're getting toward the end of season three. So it's, it's, we're starting to get to some, uh, some major drama going on there with the Zindi crisis that we've got going on. But also another future episode we've got coming is a game show style with Trek Geeks. Yeah. That's that's going to be coming up soon. And speaking of game show, we have the game master here, Philip Gilfus, uh, going to throw us some ENT RPG our way here, folks. Uh, Philip, what do we have in store here? That's right. Well, um, Floyd and and uh, Brandon have been you know nice enough in, in the preceding few days and weeks here to, to create characters. You know, we're going to be doing um, a nice role playing game here on Warp Five. Um, and so um, Ella will be, as you said, the GM or DM or whatever phrase people like to use for whoever's in charge of the games here. Um, I believe, you know, we're, we're pretty nerdy here on, on uh, uh, Enterprise Podcast. But for those who may not be familiar with role-playing, um, Brandon... We could call you the VM, then you could be the Vulcan Master. That's right. Well, that would be a boring game, though. It's, let's let's admit it. But uh, but you know, so the you know uh, Brandon and and uh, Floyd will be playing characters. Um, they have asked that this be set during season one of Enterprise, of course, and so they'll be playing characters there. And I will put them in a situation, and I will be playing all the other characters because um, I'm quite a character myself, or so my mom tells me. Any uh, any questions uh, before we begin the uh, festivities? Before I initiate, well, I know we don't have holodecks um, in uh, in Enterprise time, but before you put your fingers in the um, you know jelly of of uh, what we're gonna do here, <laughs> the alien ice cube. Yes, I've I've got to say I probably have a ton of questions. I have never <laughs> ever ever participated in anything like this ever. So I probably just I don't know enough to even know anything uh, on this. So I'll just I guess we'll just I'll just go with well, it. I don't want to have to put my hands but... in anything because I don't need any more nipples. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, first of all, this is always a tradition in role playing games. Um, how about we introduce characters? So I, I have character sheets. I doubt it'll get that complicated, but I have character sheets for each of you. But um, Floyd. Um, Tell us who you will be playing today, and maybe just one or two things about your character. And this is a custom game that you made. You you designed this. Um, I, well, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I based this off for the, for the nerd nerdy nerds out here. I'm basing this off the last Unicorn um, edition of the Star Trek Next Generation role playing game, as far as how I came across this. But as far as the actual story, yes, I I created it from okay. my brain. And this is the super short version. Yes, well, that you you were saying because we don't want to get into the big three or four hour right. uh, marathon. Fine, where we have to okay. get, start getting like the uh, Jolt Cola and stuff like that. Yeah, copyright right. Philip Gilfus, twenty seventeen. Okay, right. so my character is going to be Parker Jackson. His rank is going to be a crewman third class, so that's about as low on the totem pole as I can get here, I guess. Uh, my position is assistant transporter technician. 
Uh, so therefore, I'm in engineering. I'm a human. I'm 22 years old, and I'm a male. All right. Yeah, there. Very good. Very good. And then, uh, Brandon, can you introduce your character that you'll be playing? So my character is Judith Palmer, and I got a story behind that. Ever since Dragon Warrior 3 on NES, I have always picked a female character whenever I've had the chance. I don't know why. So uh, her rank is Ensign. She's an environmental weather specialist, um, and she's also human. Right. Very good. Yeah, Very I, good. I think that's what's with Enterprise, you know, there's not much choice. So unless you're gonna yeah, be there's like, no... That, that third alien they never talked about, you know, yeah. Unless you're going to be the dog or something. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so... All right. Ensign Palmer. You find yourself in the cargo bay um, of the uh, NX-01, of course, where you're stationed on the Enterprise. Uh, you've been put in charge of a detail because there was this weird incident recently where nobody really remembers what happened, but according to um, Captain Archer and, and Commander Tucker, um, aliens raided the ship, um, and, but luckily they, had, they returned everything. And so uh, everyone just knows they were knocked out and really don't know what happened. But Ensign Palmer, your your uh, mission today is just to do inventory of the cargo bay, just to make sure you know the the, the aliens we were told put everything back that they stole. Um, but we got to make sure everything is where it's supposed to be. So you've been assigned two crewmen um, for for this little uh, inventory duty today. Um, one is uh, Crewman Jackson. I don't know how familiar you are with him. And you also have Crewman Cutler. I don't know how familiar you are with her either, but they will be helping you out in the cargo bay today. So um, it's about, uh, you know, afternoon. You, you've already had lunch, so this is, you know, maybe about around uh, 14, 1500. And so you're there in the cargo bay, and uh, you have two crewmen who you are, uh, you know, directing uh, to do this inventory of the cargo bay. So do you have any orders for your crewmen? Uh, Ensign Jackson, uh, I want you to be writing down the information, or sorry, Crewman Jackson, and Crewman Cutler will be doing the counting. Yes, sir, says Crewman Cutler. Very good. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can handle that. Guys, uh, I mean, sir, and, uh, and, and Parker, do you really believe the story the captain told us? What do you think happened when we were passed out? And she's over there sort of uh, fiddling with a pad and checking a contents of a box. I don't really – I haven't thought about it. I'm, I'm just trying to just do, do my job because I, I don't – I just have – I have bad feelings about what could have possibly happened. Well, myself, I'm a little bit worried about that doctor we've got. I mean like with all those animals that he has in his sick bay, like who knows if we might have contracted something and that's why we lost our memories. Uh, no, Flox is really nice. I mean, at least I think so. And you see Cutler blushing a little bit and then maybe hiding her face as she's busying herself in another cargo bin. Um, but, but, but she tries to quickly change the subject and guys, uh, and what about, I, I hear there's a movie night tomorrow and, and trust me, I, I really enjoy it with, what, what, uh, Commander Tucker tries to help, you know, it brings the crew together, but some of the choices... Seven brides for seven brothers. I don't. I think tomorrow they're showing Showboat. I, you know, they made movies after the twentieth century. Well, I'm sure you're not really that worried about the movie there, Ensign Cutler or Crewman Cutler, because uh, you're you're probably going to be focused more on the the 
the gentleman doctor that'll be escorting you. Am I right? Uh, well, uh, Dr. Flox and I are just working closely. <coughs> and, and she kind of coughs to cover up. Well, I agree on those movies. I mean, I like horror movies myself. I mean, have you seen uh, have you seen Jaws 19? Man, that's an epic movie. <coughs> and you hear more coughing from Crewman Cutler, and she sort of drops the pad she's holding and starts coughing a little bit harder. <coughs> Are you okay, Crewman Cut- Cutler? Uh, yeah, I'm just... You know, I've been working here in the cargo bay and, and sick bay and all those other places that... The aliens were supposed to be... <coughs> um, you notice that she's turning slightly purple. Jackson! Go get the doctor, quick! Okay, sir, right on it. <laughs> and and she, she suddenly falls to the floor um, and just uh, doesn't seem to be moving anymore. I'm going to go get her a drink of water. Okay, are, are you... Uh, I, I don't think there's any... Um, of those places in the cargo base. So are you running out or are you? No, that's not a good idea. I should stay here and hold her head. Okay. As you approach and look at her closer, you notice that she's now a shade of purple. Is it a whiter shade of purple? Uh, yeah, she's getting a little darker. A darker shade of purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is frightening. This is not what human beings should look like. They should not be purple. Where is Jackson, damn it? Where is Jackson? Crewman Jackson, what are you doing? I'm on my way to get flocks. I'm on my way back. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I, I like how you're running because there's no system of communication on the ship that you could press a button. So that's fine. So, so uh, with that, it fades to black. It's been a long road. Oh, okay. no. Yeah. <laughs> from there to here. It's been a long time. Okay. So now we, we're uh, we're all at sick bay. Um, you, Crewman uh, uh, Jackson, um, had fetched the doctor, and then he employed y'all um, using you know to to, to carry a uh, crewman color who seems to be unconscious and and is a very dark purple um, to sick bay. Um, he's putting her uh, into the imaging chamber, and he's you know pressing buttons, looking around. And he's kind of, you know, as he's examining the, the, the dials on the, on the, that he's getting for the diagnostics, he's sort of looking at you all and, Ensign, uh, crewman, uh, tell me exactly what happened. Doc, I just saw her. She was just sitting there and she was looking at the, the pad and we were talking about movie night. All of a sudden she started coughing and just changing colors and she just passed out. I don't know what happened. I concur with that statement. And, and where were you exactly? We were in the cargo bay, counting inventory as per orders from Captain. And Come on, Flox, tell me, tell me, is this is this going to be contagious? Like, what is this? I do not know, he says as he sort of goes to another console, pressing some buttons and looking up looks like vital signs. Tell me, what materials were you handling in the cargo bay? Well, everything. We were supposed to inventory the entire cargo bay. Oh, goodness, goodness. Could be Jargadian fever, or even Iconian plague, or dude. And then he presses a couple buttons, and he's like, "Oh my, oh my!" And he uh, goes to another uh, counter, pulls up one of his uh, medical scanners, and he starts scanning uh, you, uh, Ensign Palmer. And then he sort of scans you, Crewman Jackson. What is it, Flocks? What's going on? 
Well, it appears you two haven't been contaminated yet. It appears that this crewman Cutler is suffering from Dramia 2 plague. I don't know where it could have come from, unless those alien visitors we had... And then he sort of looks back on the display from the imaging chamber. Oh, dear. If we can't find the inoculation in the next five days, Crewman Cutler will die. Well, we can't let that happen. We'll find this inoculation. We have to go and tell the captain right now. All right. Jackson, tell the captain. Push the button on the comm system this time. But I like to run. I like to run and go get people. I go, all right. I'll, I'll call the captain. Uh, no need, crewman or ensign. I'll inform the captain. Let me just access the Denobulin database. It has more information than uh, Starfleet. Uh, it says here that the inoculation for Dramia 2 plague... Oh, curious. It can be found from a particular kind of lizard. Huh. Do you have one of these lizards in your doctor stash, doctor? Well, uh... Hmm. My Tolkarian iguana? No, no, it's completely different. Um, Try it! I'm, well, I'm afraid there's only a specific kind of planet that would have the lizard reptilian life form we're looking for. I'll inform the captain. You two, uh, don't you have a cargo bay to attend to? I'm not going back there, Doc. Are you kidding? That's, that place. I'm not. I'm not going to take a chance of getting, a, getting catching whatever this is. I'm not. I don't like purple. Purple doesn't look good on me. I think it's time we took a break. Let's go get some food from uh, Chef before we. Oh, I, now I can definitely do that. I can definitely do that. Let's go, Palmer. And while you two are dealing with the uh, imminent death of one of your uh, crewmen by eating pie, I assume yeah, comfort food. Right, right. And so um, with that, we're going to have a. Uh, uh, a nice log here, log entry here to, to break up the act. Chief Medical Officer's Log, December 18th, 2151. As a result of Crewman Cutler showing signs of Dramia 2 plague, I'm officially declaring a quarantine on board Enterprise. I believe that most of the crew remains unaffected. Commander Tripp is modifying the decon chamber to keep Crewman Cutler contained. I've given all the information about the cure to this plague to Subcommander T'Pol. She is working on finding a suitable planet that would be host to the reptilian life forms, most commonly containing the blood plasma T cells from which a cure can be synthesized. I'm trying to remain optimistic about our chances, but time is ticking away. All right, so y'all are uh, there in the crew mess. There's a, uh, you know, it's it being um, third shift. There's just a few people, you know, maybe two or three people uh, there just for a quick snack. Man, can you believe what happened to Cutler? I can't. I, we're so lucky that we didn't get infected also. We are very lucky, and you know, Cutler is my friend, and she, I, I think I'm going to ask the captain to go down on that away mission when they go to the planet to look for these lizards. I'm going to volunteer. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I, I, I think I want to help out too, because I, that it's just, I just can't believe it happened right in front of me, and I also can't believe how in the world does Chef make these cookies so good? I mean, good grief, this is so good. How can I take some of these with me when we go down to the planet? I know. Subcommander to Paul to Ensign Palmer. Subcommander to Paul to Ensign Palmer. Yes, Subcommander to Paul. I, I assume you got up and pressed the button with a mouthful of cookies. Push the button. Yes, Commander to Paul. Ensign Palmer. 
please meet me on the bridge. I'll be right there. So I walk towards the turbo lift. Crewman Jackson, you get called to the uh, decon chamber to uh, help out Commander Tucker. Ensign, you, you walk, or you take the turbo lift uh, up to the bridge, um, you know, after pressing the button, of course, to get into the turbo lift. As you as you enter the bridge, you see the usual crew complement there is there on the bridge, um, except uh, Subcommander Topal is sort of there in the back conference area of the bridge, and she sees you and says, Ah, Ensign, I require your assistance. And she motions you over to the uh, display. I'd be happy to help you, Topal. You know what happy is, right? That's an emotion. Yes, Ensign, I've been told uh, junior officers like yourself have such uh, energy. Apparently my character's a racist or something, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he fears to fall at his animals. And it's like, <laughs> she, or she does. What we are, I, I believe you have some uh, environmental uh, training. Flox has told us that we are looking for a specific climate, and we are attempting to use short-range scanners and long-range scanners in order to find a planet that would have the in, uh, appropriate climate for the reptilian life form that he believes will save Crewman Cutler. Do you believe you can assist me using your knowledge on the short-range sensors? I sure can, and I would love to take this opportunity to teach you about my new classification of planets, because I'm not a big fan of the Vulcan classification. And she sort of arches an eyebrow at you and uh, sort of uh, begins you know, adjusting the sensors on her own, giving neither much attention to what you said so you, you may choose to either accept that as either uh, I have no care about what you're going to say or please go on and keep talking well like for example I mean you guys call it class Minshara like it's really long I've come up with a new system where I just call it class M and she looks up and says how very human of you and continues working <laughs> what does that mean I found that species, especially those of your age, seem to find a self-centered approach to life to be more common. Vulcans, however, believe in a community spirit and embrace the alien and the new and strange. I find that humans, especially some that I've encountered here, believe that only human ways are appropriate. Perhaps you are one of those. Perhaps. And uh, so she, she, she's, she uh, gives you sort of control of the short-range sensors. Are you going to Use your uh, vast knowledge of all things environmental to scan for planets. I am. Paul. tell me what type of atmosphere we're looking for. She gives you that information, and I'm rolling for you. Ugh. All right. I'm rolling again for you. Okay. You're not finding any information on the short-range scan, so there doesn't appear to be any planets within, you know, a few light years. Um, now, with the five-day timeline, of course, that's a little disconcerting. Did you want to access the long-range sensors instead? I do, but to Paul, I have a question for you before I do. In order to speed this time up a bit, do we know, do we have any information as to possibly the direction that these aliens came from? Like, has anybody bothered to scan subspace for a warp trail? Their warp ion trail that we encountered several days ago appears to have dissipated. I believe the captain gave them warning enough that not only will we not find them, but they will know not to find us. Okay. Thank you for that information. I would like to take the uh, long-range sensors for a spin. For a spin, Ensign, I'm not familiar with that sensor apparatus execution. Oh, it's an old Earth expression when you 
you say you're going to give it a spin means to try it out uh, because people used to be able to buy vehicles like cars and stuff and and the tires would spin on them so if you wanted to test the car to see if you wanted to buy it you would take it for a spin so it's just a thing a saying she uh sort of presses a few buttons on the opposite side of the console there to give energy uh, increased energy to long range sensors and she says she says to you well ensign spin away okay i'll spin all right you want long range sensors here okay there we go long range sensors detect a planet within the parameters of flox's uh specifications um it's about uh, two days away at warp four to paul we found i think what we're looking for it's two days away at warp four i strongly recommend that we go there at warp five she sort of looks over your shoulder and you see her kind of go to it another uh, she goes to her uh, science console uh, the, the back of it and pr- puts in a few uh, presses a few buttons and uh, according to the vulcan database this planet is called edos some Vulcans have had contact with the natives there. I believe they should be helpful. Is that the Justice Planet? No, that's Edo. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, wouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> Actually, technically, it's Rubicon 3, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can cure her by having lots of sex. All right. Um... Take Justice. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to go over to uh, Crewman Jackson... You're over at the decon chamber. You're actually outside of the decon chamber. Um, when you arrive, you see that Crewman Cutler is lying inside the decon chamber. Um, Flox and uh, the chief engineer are there. Um, and as you're walking up, you hear Dr. Flox talking to uh, Commander Tucker. Yes, uh, Commander, I believe that she's not contagious in there. Just uh, if you uh, help improve the shielding and... Uh, make sure that the radiation bands uh, are increased in the decon chamber. We can chain, uh, turn this into a, a very decent uh, quarantine chamber. Well, thanks, Doc. Don't think I've ever had to build one of them before, but uh, don't worry. We'll keep we'll keep care of her. And then Flock sort of nods and walks away and sees you and kind of gives you a pat on the shoulder and then kind of hurries away off to sick bay. Crewman Jackson reporting for duty. Oh, there what, you go. What are. can I do to help? What can I do to help? Grab a spanner over there. What we need to do is help increase power to the decon chamber. It's not used to being a quarantine uh, specifications, but uh, if you look at that pad over there, the doctors provided, you should be able to kind of teach yourself how to do it. But let me know if you have any questions. All right, I'll get right on it, sir. Man, I feel sorry for a uh, crewman Cutler over there. Kind of makes you wonder if sometimes it's a little bit too dangerous being out here in space. Yeah, I... I... I've I've have never seen anything exactly like this, sir. But uh, growing up uh, on my on the cargo ship that I grew up on, you know, with my parents, and we we actually saw a lot of stuff. It was it was it was something. Oh, that's right. You were a boomer like Travis. What was the name of your ship growing up? It was the Kamishi Dawn, sir. I guess uh, going at warp five now is a little, must be, be seem like going at, like life in the fast lane compared to life in a cargo ship. Yeah, but we 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 got it there. That was the main thing. You know, you just you just have to engineer it up and get get it on down the road. I sure bet y'all didn't have movie nights every week on the cargo ship, did you? No, no, sir. Nothing nothing like that. Commander Tucker sort of gets to work. So, um, all right, before you, um, you're gonna attempt to use use your uh, your skills as a as kind of an engineer. I know you're a transporter guy, but you. you Use some environmental systems before 
So you're gonna kinda see if you can increase power there. So I'm gonna see what, what you can do here. You've managed to, to boost up uh, some of the EPS uh, uh, conduits that lead to the, the decon chamber to increase its capability. Go to another console and, and sort of increase the radiation bands that sort of uh, ensure that the decontamination process that returns into a quarantine chamber. Commander Tripp looks up at you and says, uh, you know, I think the thing I never thought about being on Enterprise is, is actually losing someone on the crew. I mean, you know, there's always danger here in space, but I don't know what it would be like if, if we lost someone. Did you ever lose someone there on your cargo ship? Yeah, sir. Unfortunately, it did happen. Uh, you know, when you're out there and you run into some dangers and you, you just run into stuff that, you know, there, there's no, no way around it. Uh, it did. We did have some bad things that happened sometimes and you just got to push through it, though. With Captain Archer in command, I'm not too worried, and he sort of leans in. If you promise not to tell her, Subcommander Paul kind of makes me feel better knowing she's up there on the bridge. Yeah, I know, I know the feeling, sir. Very professional. Mm-hmm. All right, and with that, you're now going to try to help correct the radiation, and, whoa, your first attempt does not go well. Uh, let's see, your second attempt. Okay, uh, some alarms start going off with what you're doing, and Trip goes to your console, presses a few buttons, and, and he's like, Crewman, uh, let's just say the, the decon chamber may not be your area of expertise, but, but don't worry. There's no one else I trust in that transporter than you. Thank you, sir. I was thinking of asking you to go fishing, but uh, looks like you'll be busy doing this repair work here. Oh, man. Okay. All right, sir. And with that, we're going to go to a uh, captain's log here. Captain's log, December 21st, 2151. Enterprise has arrived at the planet Edos. The Adosian ambassador has been very sympathetic to our predicament. Dr. Flox reports that crewman Cutler's condition has worsened, and so far, four other crewmen are reporting similar symptoms. The Adosians will be giving us guides for our landing parties. There are two swampy areas on their lower main continent that they feel confident house the lizards that Phlox needs. I'm sending two landing parties to the surface. Phlox assures me that none of those personnel are yet infected. Now... I love the animated reference. Now that you said Adosians, there we go. I didn't catch it at first. These are the three-armed aliens. All right. Now that uh, Palmer and Jackson, um, you've been given a task. Uh, you, you hear that Captain Archer, um, Subcommander Tapal, and Ensign Mayweather are going to be piloting uh, Shuttle Pod 1 to Landing Site Alpha. Uh, Ensign Hutchinson and you two will be on Shuttle Pod 2, since you two have been already certified by Flux as not being, you know, uh, uh, infected, and going to landing site Beta. And so uh, you're, you're told you that you will meet with an Adosian guide once you arrive there, who will sort of, uh, you know, set you right in the right area, and hopefully you two will be in charge of, of uh, finding the, the, the life form that you're looking for. Now, which one of you wants to be in charge of sort of the medical container? Me. Okay. Okay. Because I'm the ranking... Sure. And it, it's nothing to, to, you know, just more of a container so that when, if you do find the lizards, um, Phlox, is, as basically the instructions are, you only need about one or two. And if possible, he also is giving you some uh, hypo sprays uh, just to maybe take, um, not, you know, you take one or two and, the, and then there's other ones that you don't take. Just get a blood sample from them and that should be all he needs. And so uh, y'all are on shuttle pod two and you have your appropriate OA team equipment. Ensign Hutchinson uh, pilots you down to the surface of Edos. It's a very green planet when you're, you know, going in on arrival. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a lot of 
you know, blue water, but but obviously it's there somewhere. When you arrive down, um, there's sort of a clearing that the shuttle pod two comes down in, and uh, but it, you know, as soon as the, the hatch, the door opens, um, you know, on the planet it's late afternoon, but it looks really dark. Uh, you know, it's not like pitch black or anything, um, but you know, all around you, it's sort of swamp. Um, like I said, you're in a clearing, so you're not in a swamp, but, but around you all sort of is, is a swamp, and everything sort of seems dark, foreboding. You don't really hear, you know, uh, sounds like you would hear on Earth, um, you know, animal sounds or anything, but, but it's, it certainly does seem very, very different. It's almost too quiet for, for a place like this. Um, and so uh, Ensign Hutchinson says, uh, well, I was told to stay with the shuttle pod. Um, apparently that uh, a Dogen guide's supposed to meet you all uh, outside. So uh, good luck. Let me know anything you need. I'm just a thanks, communica- I'm just a communicator away. Uh, before we go, Ensign Hutchinson, can we call you Hutch? You know, I had an uncle that always called himself Hutch. He always annoyed me, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know, Ensign Hutchinson. So, Paul, Paul, Ensign Palmer, I've got a bad feeling. Like, what? It, I just something's just not quite right here. Yeah, this the lighting in this situation is not quite correct here. I would like to take a. You hear this what? humming? It's getting louder. And you have, I don't know if you know what a speeder is in this uh, universe, but it's a land speeder, and it sort of goes uh, flying, I mean, not flying, you know, it's, it's pretty fast, you know, like uh, uh, maybe uh, 100 miles per hour or whatever kilometers is for other people, and comes sort of swimming, by, coming towards you and sort of swings by you, not, not too dangerous, but it gives you a little whoosh effect like someone's trying to show off, but it sort of stops, and it's sort of hovering now before you, and there's an adosion. And he steps off, and uh, he's this orange alien with, uh, as you know, three arms and three legs. He has, has sort of this helmet on, and he sort of takes it off, puts it on his you know, hovering speeder, steps off, and sort of looks at you all and says, Hello, I am Aerok. I am to be your guide. Are you the personnel I was told to meet? Yes, uh, I am Anson Palmer of the Starship Enterprise, and this is Jackson. Yes, I'm Crewman Jackson. That's quite an entrance there, uh, sir. Uh, what what kind of uh, what kind of vehicle you, do you have there? Do not call me, sir. I am Arak. I work for a living. Ha 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 ha. Oh, that is a joke among us. But uh, oh, this 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 thing it it actually belonged to my father. Uh, it's an actually uh, it's about three decades old. I only take it out on weekends, but um, I was told that I had to get here as fast as possible, and it's the fastest thing that I have, much better than the one I use for the family. Well, before we, we go anywhere here, I'd like to take a... I have my tricorder here. I'd like to take a scan of the atmosphere, because I think there's something wrong here. It's really dark. So, do you mind... Can we have a minute to scan? Do what you wish, but... This okay, is just like a regular autumn evening, but you know, okay. So you have your tricorder and your, your or your you know your scanner. So what you detect is that to the uh, south is basically you know lots of swamp. To the north, there's more clearings, and you, I think the cities are farther north uh, or of, of where the Adosian or the closest Adosian city is. You are detecting a variety of animal and plant life to the swamp to the south. Anything more than that, um, you can't really get anything more specific. Uh, and as far as climate or anything, um, you're not detecting any atmospheric uh, disruptions or anything like that. So 
doesn't appear like there would be any any uh, weather to worry about since you're an environmental specialist. I know you would check for that sort of thing, but no storms coming or anything like that. Okay. So, Ensign Palmer, did you? Are, what are readings are you getting? Or something just not right here? It's, uh, it's probably just gas. Yes, many of our marshes and swamps emit various uh, gaseous entities, uh, but it is normal part of this environment. I am told that one of you would be an environmental specialist. Judging by your confusion, I assume it is you, crewman. Uh, no, that wouldn't be me, sir. I'm I'm just an engineer over here. You're, you need to talk to Ensign Palmer. Or... Ah, so you must be an Earth climatologist. Uh, I specialize in Earth, but I like to think I know about other planets. Very well. Then follow me. And he sort of starts walking south towards the swamp. Now, this is the major breeding season for the Flamel dragons. That is the life form closest to the specifications that your captain gave us. Many of the young ones are found in these swampy areas. They are similar to, I am told, a animal on your home planet. It is, and he sort of pulls out from seemingly nowhere um, on his uh, middle arm, a, a, he looks like his version of a pad, and he sort of struggles for a bit. Agnuana? To your earth, Agnuana. Iguana. Oh, are you sick? No, that's how you say that word, Iguana. Ah, ah. that is when you have a infection, the noise that we make. Oh, is it? Yes. And so he continues walking. You're sort of getting to, to be in the, you know, still solid ground, but you can see things are going to get marshier here in a second. Uh, there's before you uh, a stream, and it's you know it's a I'd say two meters across. You know before you a stream. You know it's it's shallow. You know you could certainly walk in there if you really wanted to to get a little dirty. It, it looks like it'd probably be only um, you know to your knees, but it sort of kind of is where you're before you. And uh, Arox just turns to you and says, "Yes, I believe this would be the greatest way for us to go." And you sort of see him with his three feet sort of do a one-step, two-step, third-step, jump, and he goes to the other side. Jackson, follow him. Whoa. I'm not sure I can make that jump. I order you to follow him. All right, sir. I'll I'll give it a try. (laughs) All right. So let me look at your athletic abilities, uh, crewman. Let's see. Okay, you're actually a pretty good runner here, so we're going to try for it. You did eat a lot of cookies, though. (laughs) Well, I, that's not how I remember the conversation. <laughs> Maybe it was me that it could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this would be interesting. Okay. Crewman, you're, you're full of, uh, you know, you were given an order, and by gum, you're going to do it. So you Good start uh, running, and, uh, of course, you're not carrying any equipment, like some cookie people will, ma- will name. So you, uh, you're running, and you sort of jump, and you are about a meter and a half, and then you start going down, and so the majority of your body makes it, but I would say um, your feet land square into the stream. So um, you're you're uh, if you wanna you're, you're sort of caked uh, a little bit, not not because it's not that marshy, but you know you got your your front of your uniform has gonna have dirt on it, and um, if you don't want your boots to start leaking, you you might want to get up. My, Get up, crewman. I almost almost made it. Sorry, sorry about that, sir. And you notice that your hat fell into oh, the stream. Man, here, get the hat. 
reach down, grab the hat, pour, ring it, ring it out. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like you know mud and guck and so. Okay, crewman. All right. Uh, I think that I'm gonna toss this thing that I'm carrying to you. Can you catch this? Sure, sure, sir. Just toss it on over here. All right. So let me look at your athletics here. And uh, what was your what was your sport again, Ensign Palmer? I believe you're a cricketeer. Cricket, yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. So let's see what kind of a Google. And I love cricket. Here. It's an awesome sport. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, you you uh, I don't you, you describe to me how you're throwing this. Um, are you doing like granny free throw American basketball? Actually, no. Because I love cricket so much, I'm actually pretending to like cricket it and I like run towards the edge and then like under throw it to him. Oh, like a cricket like bat? Swing oh, okay. Bat. Okay, I see. Alright. Well, you, you do it and it sort of flies over successfully over the crewman and sort of hits Eric in the back of the head. Hey, what? I, don't, <laughs> oh, hey. Nice shot, Ensign. Damn it. I believe this equipment belongs to you. And he sort of hands it to Jackson since you're closest to it. I'm very him. worried. Are, is the equipment okay? It looks like it's still. It looks like it's still okay. How about? How about? Are you? Are you okay, sir? I mean, you just took that right in the back of the head. Ah, yes. Uh, but it's all right. I. I have children. That's good. Okay, Ensign Palmer, are you going to make a jump for it? Uh, I'm going to try. Yes. C- catch okay. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so are, are you I'm jumping? I'm going to run and jump. Okay. All right. Okay. This will be interesting. Um, I'm trying to figure out how many kilos the cookies are adding, but I'm going to go. Throw the cookies out of your less pocket. Than, <laughs> less than 0.1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you jump. Um, it's it's a good jump. But again, this is. Um, so uh, you, you kind of land uh, again in, in, into the stream, but it's kind of like. The edge of it, so it's almost like jumping into a puddle. So what happens is when you land, and uh, as crewman Jackson, I don't know how uh, serious you were about catching him, but instead what happens is is that Ensign Palmer, you sort of land, you know, like a puddle, and so you get a little bit on you, but most of it goes on the crewman. Thanks, ah! thanks a lot, Ensign. As if I didn't already have enough of this gunk on me. Oh, yes, you. You might find that some of the local uh, mosquitoes are more attracted to you. <laughs> Great. And uh, so now, now that you've sort of uh, you know landed on the other side of this you know stream or whatever you want to call it, um, you're, you notice that the, there's a trail that's before you, but you know to the left and right. And so it's not straight, so it goes left and right. Um, now there are sort of trees and, and bushes, and it's you know it's again it's not pitch black, but it's darker here. Um, and so you can't necessarily see, you know, that far in front of you. I mean, you, you know, a little bit, but you can't necessarily see where the trails go. You know, they sort of go left and right, and it looks like maybe they branch forward to the direction you're supposed to be going in, but you can't really tell. Uh, Eric is sort of ignoring the trail and just going straight, and so he's sort of into the marshier part, and he says, I believe that the breeding area is usually located deeper into the swamp. All right, Ensign, I guess we're I guess we're going to have to we're already muddy. We might as well just go ahead and go on in. I think that's a good idea. Okay. So you all sort of veer off from sort of the more uh dirt trail and now you're sort of getting into the the marshier part and so um you know, you're sort of squishing in. It comes about about it doesn't cover your boot, but you're sort of, you know, if you remember your zero g uh training sort of like a magnetic boot. It's kind of what it's like walking those you chook. 
chook into the muck. So you know you're always half scared that the next time you you know put your le- your foot up that suddenly your boot will stay on the ground and your foot will come out of it. But but you don't. You keep on Jackson. Walking. This sure is a mucky time. That a mucky time. Yeah. Now as you all are moving sooner, you you sort of. Smell, smell, you know, you've been, you know what earth swamps are smell like. You know, it's similar to that. And you, you certainly, you see before you, there's this big, huge, I don't know, pond isn't really the right word, but if that works for you, you know, this is a small body of water. You know, I mean, it's, I don't know, um, say about like um, 25 meters uh, diameter, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's big, but it's not huge. This seems to be sort of like uh, what appears to be sort of flies, you know, in that general area around that body of water. And it's kind of very, like, muckish-looking, brown. Looks like there's just organisms, like small organisms, like algae or whatever this planet's version of it is. Just this brackish, yuckiest goo of this place. Eric, hmm, we may have to go around this unless... And then you sort of hear the shrill. <laughs> kind of coming from above you. What is that? I thought that we would not be here when the adults were. And if you look above you, pterodactyls really wouldn't be the best word to use. It looks like a flying lizard, so uh, we'll say pterodactyl. Except these are a little bit more purple, and and one looks pink, um, as if color doesn't belong in this world. And they're sort of uh, kind of coming towards you as if they're going to do a dive bomb. Get down, Ensign! Eric... Can we shoot these things with our stun weapons? Eric has seems our like or, uh, Eric has seems like he's disappeared. It's a Palmer. What? All right, sir. Jackson, get out your phaser and ja- stun these things. Jackson pulls out a phase pistol, sets it, sets it, sets it to stun. Man, the, oh, he, he misses a couple of times. Man, sir, these things are hard to hit. I'll, I'm shooting as well. So the, there's three of them, and they sort of dive bomb at you, but not really. They don't even get that close. They sort of veer up. In a way, and then your shooting sort of, uh, you know, makes them sort of spread apart, and so it's quiet for a second. I mean, it's quiet. Sir, what, what, what do you think that was? Like, now what? And so this time, as you look up, instead of all three coming at you, they're coming from you from three different sides, almost like a, you know, triangle if you would diagram this from above. So, you know, one sort of, uh, I'll just say like, you know, I'll assume for the moment that you two are standing next to each other. Palmer, take cover! This place is threes. We gotta shoot them again. You take that one, and I'll take these two. We're gonna go with Crewman Jackson, since he only has one target. Wow. Okay. Uh... Uh, Kerman, you you your your face pistol. Uh, you 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 fire. You hit the one you're aiming for. You almost swear you see it kind of like the beam bounce off, but it still seems to affect uh, the the flying dragon because it's sort of right as it's dive bombing and you hit it, it sort of kind of like turns away and then you know goes that was flies away. It's almost like it had some kind of shield. Did you? Ensign Palmer, how, what are what are your how are your animals acting when you shoot at them? All right, well he he, he all right. So which one are you uh, aiming for first, Palmer? Since you're going to go for two, the bigger one. Okay, so you shoot the first one, and sort of the same thing. You the beam seems to hit the creature, and then maybe bounce off a little bit, but it does the same thing that that happened um, with Jackson, where it flies away, 
and then you turn for the second one, but because you were busy shooting the first one by that time, the second one sort of dives bomb. Its talons, uh, as you soon see, it has talons, uh, kind of graze your shoulders. And so you now have two uh, cuts um, on each shoulder. And so I assume you fall to the ground. Ensign, Ensign, are you okay? Ah, no. It hurts. And the one that just attacked you, Ensign Palmer, looks confused for a second because it's kind of, after it attacks you, kind of goes up a bit, hovers, and then just flies away. And then you see kind of Arok almost come from behind a tree and said, That is the call of its natural predator. I believe I scattered it away. And then he sees um, you lying there. He's like, Oh, no, let me treat you. And so uh, Eric comes to you and makes sure lays you down, Ensign, and uh, from seemingly nowhere again on his arms, he, he pulls out what looks like this kind of brown paste and puts it, kind of rubs it into your left shoulder first. And so uh, your right shoulder is definitely feels like it's on fire from where it cut you, but the left one almost is numb. This better not be feces. I'm not sure my translator works for all of your words. I will have to look that one up. And again, he sort of pulls out the pad that he had before, clicks a few things, and says, Ah, yes! <laughs> and then puts it away. Pa- Enzo Palmer, is that is it making? Is it feeling better? Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't know. It's gone numb and smells funny. You feel like you have a little bit of a weight on your shoulders, because uh, it doesn't hurt, but it you know sort of feels like it's almost like you know when you have a pounding headache, except it's your shoulders. And so, but you you know otherwise you're good to go. Other than you'll probably be a little bit slower, and you don't have as much. Okay, sir Jackson, I'm going to need you to carry the equipment from here on out. My arms are useless. I guess it helps to have a third arm. <laughs> ha ha! And he nudges you, uh, uh, Ensign Palmer, which actually hurts like hell. Ow! Hey, Eric, I've been meaning to ask you. You've got three arms and three legs. Is there anything else you have three of? Ah! Uh, he's t- he can't hear you over the din of the swamp. <laughs> he leads you uh, around the, uh, the, the, the pond-like area. Um, it takes, um, I mean, 15 minutes if you're keeping track of time because you have to go all the way around. There's some detours you have to make because there's some things in the way and, you, you know, it's hard to get around. But finally, how many days did it take to get uh, us here? Two days, yes. Two? Mm-hmm. Two days, yeah. After a little bit going through the muck, uh, like I said, 15 minutes, you spy another water area before you. That's uh, about two times bigger. Except that what makes this one different is it looks like there's little, I don't know, islands is the best word. Very small. And in each of these islands, it looks like these purple, because you're, it's a little far off. But you can see these full of purple life forms. And as you're walking closer, Eric, I believe we have found them. These are the young Flamio dragons. I believe that is what your captain and doctor are looking for. Come on, Ensign. Let's get one of these. Let's get out of here. Right. Let's. We should probably take two. And then as you two are walking closer to this um, body of water, because again, you know, these are the islands are, are in there. Eric uses two of his arms to hold one back, one of you back, and one of the other back, and he's like. No, there are Adosian Egans in the pond. Uh, he pulls out his pad. I believe you call them gators. 
This is getting, this is pretty hairy situation here, Jackson. Uh, what do you recommend we do? I would I, like some advice. Uh, sir, I, I'm really, really I, I'm not really sure about this. We, we have to get over there, but look at the size of those reptiles, if that's what you call them. Uh, Eric explains. Yes, the Edosian Eox most likely cannot see them, for they are under the water, but if you look closely enough, you can see their noses and eyes breaking the crest of the water. But on each of those islands, those are the flamel dragon that your captain wants. And as you get closer to the edge of the water, you see these um, islands. Let's say the closest one is maybe five meters off, um, which is it's a fairly big one. It's the closest one. And you see maybe, I don't know, a dozen of these sort of purple, uh, you know, the size of an earth iguana lizards. Um, you know, just milling about, and then you see these sort of smaller islands to the left and right that have maybe you know six or, or four. I wonder or if five there's anything them. around here that we could use as like a a bridge to get over let's there. See, let's look over here by the uh, by these these this forest pieces here. Okay, yeah, you're you're surrounded by you know, there's no like obviously not like redwoods or anything, but there's some there's some sh- smaller trees, and you find that you know they are. Because it's all marshy area, nothing's very strongly rooted here. Um, so you know there there are a few trees here that it. I think. Mate, what what if we ensign? What if we built a raft or so, something that we could actually walk on or float on over to the island? We could try that, but my arms are useless. Well, my arms are working fine. Yeah, let's let I let's definitely try that. Uh, ensign, why, why don't you keep a lookout for those adults? Uh, the adults when they if they come flying back. Eric, let's let's see if we can find some pieces right here that we can strap together to try to make a raft. So uh, y'all managed to find some, you know, it's not close by, but you venture out a little bit. You you find some, you know, good, decent size uh, trees and timbers, and you know, some trees have fallen over. You sort of gather them or drag them down. Um, you know, as they say, five arms are better than you know. You, you, you there's a bunch of vines, of course, throughout this whole place. Um, you know, you're, you're getting a little bloody. You know, pulling with the thickets and, and it's different stuff. You know, but but you're getting it done. Uh, but at this point, uh, Kerman, you're 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 pretty much the swamp thing. You, you are you are you all building a thinking more of a raft? I like the raft idea. So you, you you've gotten together. It's about the size of a a good door of size for a raft, which is clearly not meant for more than one person. If Titanic <laughs> taught me anything. But anyway, so you you got a, a decent. Well, I say decent. You know, a a, a good size raft given the materials okay. and time you're operating under. Ensign, I guess I'm. You're not going to be able to go across. So, uh, Eric, are you, are you able to jump across, or do you need to also take the raft? No, I, I believe it is too far a distance for any jumper, even one as experienced as me. Though I'm not as young as I used to. <laughs> My my third knee has had to been replaced, uh, but I, I I believe I could uh, help navigate the ramp. Uh, is there some sort of um, guiding stick or something we could use to navigate the ramp? Yeah, I found I found one over here. This will work. Eric and the crewman, I guess, get on the ramp. Uh, as your as the raft is is uh, ensign. Uh, are you uh, looking at the skies? Are you playing with your shoulder poop, or what are you doing? I'm watching the skies for more aliens to come in, or more of the dragon things. So, you know, the raft is kind of very slowly, because there's no current at all, obviously. So, you know, you're, you're sort of using the, the stick crewman, I suppose, to sort of, you know, go across the, the river sticks here. And you sort of make it, it does take a minute or two, to make it to that first island, so you sort of bump up against it. 
and all those sort of baby or teenage or whatever age iguanas purple are just uh, chilling like so that. Eric, can I just grab one or what do, what do we need to do to catch it? Oh, yes. Uh, perhaps we can have a feast later. I guess it is only fair that you sample some of the cuisine that you are hunting after you've used it for your more medicinal purposes. I'm not so sure about purposes. eating a lot wildlife here because, you know, I mean, chef, chef's a heck of a cook. I, I, I wouldn't want to... I'm not sure about trying the, the lizards here, but I, I, sh- I sure do appreciate the offer. Uh, well, how, how should we try to catch them, though? Should, should I shoot them with my, with my face pistol? or should, well, how, what, do you, what do you suggest? Iraq looks at you, looks at one that's before him, picks one up and hands it to you. Oh, well, that, that was easy. All right, let's, let's put it in the container. I think we should get two. Good idea, it's a bomber. You know, you remind me of a fable of my story where another man back in the ancient days took two of each animal. Perhaps I will tell it to you later. We have a similar type story. Okay. All right, so you, you collect the lizards and uh, you make your, your way back. Uh, let's see, are, are you going to, um, before you shove off, um, I don't know, uh, Kroman, if you got the same instructions that the Ensign did. Um, I don't know if you have the hyperspray to, to collect the blood samples as well. I can, I can do it, Ensign. Okay. I'll, I'll take the sample. Just, just make, just tell me how, uh, how, how I'm supposed to do it here, and I'll, I can do it. Should I toss you the hypospray? Let's wait. Let, <clears throat> let's wait till it. we get over to the other side. So it's a good thing that we uh, tied a vine to the to the raft. So and we tied it to your waist. So you just need to run away from the swamp here and pull us back across. <clears throat> All right. So uh, you get back. You know, Eric uh, has a couple. Um, of the female dragons that he's kept for himself for uh, good eating later. Um, but he, you know, lets you take some blood samples from them. And he guides you back to Shuttle Pod 2, where Ensign Hutchinson is, is you know, nods uh, to you, um, Ensign uh, Palmer. And then when he sees Crewman Jackson, he says, I'm not cleaning the Shuttle Pod after you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hutch. I'll take care of it. I've, I've seen way worse. Don't call me Hutch! <laughs> Sorry, Ensign Hutchison. I forgot that was a, that was an issue. You Sorry. know, we can create crewman fourth class if you're interested. <laughs> I'm pretty sure third class is as low as it goes. But I'm going to recommend him for the Medal of Dragon Armor because he was a good crewman down there on the planet. Thank you so much, Ensign. <laughs> and then uh, Eric, Eric gets on his speeder and sort of revs it up. Are you sure I cannot interest you in one of these flamboyed flamier lizards before you leave uh that's that's okay i'm all i'm all good what about you ensign palmer would you are you wanting are you gonna want to take a sample does it taste like chicken it tastes like and he pulls out another the pad again and presses some evening i believe your word is jerky what kind of jerky well he he uh, has a small pouch that again he pulls from seemingly nowhere and offers it to you go ahead and take a bite ensign i'm gonna taste that <laughs> I'm weak. I need some food. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's like beef jerky. Yeah, you can. I'll come back later for it after the doctor heals me okay. up. Yes, yeah, so those are Adosian Slim Jims, I suppose. Yup, nub. <laughs> so uh, you return shuttle pod two. You know everything is goes well. Uh, I assume uh, Jackson, you got to try this jerky. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'll try. I'll try some. Hey, that's actually so, pretty good. <laughs> so the shuttle pod returns, um, and you, know, you hand over the materials to Flocks. 
uh, Crewman Jackson, I sh- assume. Now, of course, you're in Crewman quarters, so you don't have a shower. But you use uh, the, the Sonic um, a couple times, I assume, to, to get to some sort of state of cleanliness. And so um, the next morning, both of you have been requested to join the captain at his mess for breakfast. Wow. That's a good thing. Well, Ensign Palmer, have you ever had ca- breakfast in the captain's mess before? No, but that guy eats so many large steaks. I've heard he has steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's, that sounds good to me. All right, so you both are standing before the door. Push the button. All right, Crewman Jackson pushes the button. All right, it opens up, and the captain's seated at the table there, and there's two empty settings there. Ah, I was expecting uh, you, uh, Ensign Palmer and Crewman Jackson, have a seat. I believe uh, we'll have one of the stewards along here in a moment. Thank you, sir. Uh, do you do you have any requests for food? Uh, yeah, he sort of points out to his plate where he has like uh, waffles, eggs, some fruit, and coffee. Before him, he's like, "Yes, I whatever the steward, whatever you want. I believe the stewards can get it for you. I'll have what you're having. Me sir. too, sir. Excellent, excellent. I believe I did the same thing when I." Intended my captain's mess when I was a young officer. He sort of smiles at you and takes a sip of coffee. It was a good job you, d- you two did down there. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just a. It was kind of a walk in the park, sir. It was. A, we, we were just doing what we had to do to help uh, Ensign Cutler. Ensign Jackson is is being modest, sir. I I recommended him for the Dragon Medal of Honor. <laughs> he did great work down there. Well, it's good to hear, crewman. You know. uh the, the the contact you made, uh, the the Adosian, uh, Arak was his name. Yeah, I believe so, yes. sir. Well, apparently he raved about you two to their ambassador. I think you two have done a lot to help increase the relationship between Starfleet and the Adosians. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe one day one of them will join Starfleet, and he sort of laughs to him. So, what 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 are you two looking forward to on our next mission? Uh, well, sir, I'm I'm just I'm still trying to clean all this gunk off of me right here, but uh, I I uh, I look forward to uh, maybe finding maybe a drier climate, maybe if we can if you if we could spot a, a drier planet, maybe. What do you think, Ensign Palmer? I'm happy to go wherever the ship takes me because this has been the most amazing adventure ever. And I can't wait to tell to Paul about all the new classifications of atmosphere that I've discovered and named for myself. Oh, yes, Ensign. She <clears throat> he stifles left. Told me about your interest. <laughs> and, uh, but I appreciate everything you two did down there. It's you two made yourselves worthy to serve on a ship called Enterprise, and all we're doing to make sure that that Earth and Starfleet makes its name as we explore. And with that... Wow. So that is the wow, end of the Phil, story. That was, that was actually really cool. So this is like a lost episode. Nice. Yes, this is the episode is called Cold-Blooded. It's from season two, right? Oh, season no, one. Season okay, one. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I have. I have. Man, now I do have questions. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what? You, we heard you rolling dice. So, uh, like, what? 
did you have multiple choices that were going on the dice? Is that what is that what you were rolling on that? Sure, I, I had targets for what you all had to hit in order to make certain okay. things happen. So ju- jumping across things, phasing animals, that sort of thing. Yeah, you've never played a, an RPG. No, before, I mean this is played? my very first time, so I don't know. Yeah, so how it kind of works is like you, your character has certain strengths and areas, right? So like if you're a really charming individual, you might have a charisma of like ten or whatever, and then uh, if you go into a situation where you got to like do a peace treaty or whatever and you need a 17 or higher in order to to pass the situation well you roll the, a d20 usually and then you add your modifier so if you roll a six and you'd add 10 for your charm factor and then you need a 16 and you <laughs> oh, fail the mission right or if you get roll a 12 or whatever then you add your 10 and that's 22 and you I succeed see. the mission okay. right so that's cool and I didn't do very good earlier, though, at the EPS, uh, trying, to, <laughs> trying to get the, the energy going. Well, it's your, it's your right. first assignment on, 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 as very a crewman. Yeah. Can't that, win them all. So, uh, Philip, thank you so much for coming on and being our game master here for us and giving us a lost episode of Season 1 here that our listeners didn't even know about. So uh, where could, else could our listeners find you or follow you on social media? Sure, if folks want to learn more about the misadventures of Ensign Palmer and Crewman Jackson on the Enterprise NX-01, did they survive to the end of the fourth season? <laughs> uh, they can find me on Twitter, where my handle is NC Public Servant, and uh, they can also listen to me talk Star Trek on the Nerd Party, where I host a show called City Alpha 3. Very good, very good. Thank you so much, Philip, for coming aboard. This is this very... That's NC for no cookies. <laughs> <laughs> this is very very interesting thank you so much well playing some enterprise rpg is not the only thing we've been doing on trek fm this week so here's what you may have missed elsewhere on the network previously on trek.fm stage nine a podcast about the people who make star trek by getting people like braga to come on board and work on this show what they're going to be doing is deconstructing that, that thing that they did for all those years on Star Trek. Earl Grey. Is there anything else we need to add, or do we think that's the... Are we going to cure Riker, or... <laughs> oh, shoot, I forgot about Riker. Yeah, sure, fine, we'll keep him around. Yeah, we've cured Riker. And then, uh, for, for me, this would, yeah, or, or not. <laughs> Meta Trex. Troy's quarters, Data's quarters. They're very Spartan. They're very Spartan. In fact, Data's girlfriend even says they're Spartan. Yes, yes. And so what does she do? She brings him stuff. A trinket to fill it up. To fill it up. (laughs) Warp 5. And this reminds me so much of the cage. So much of the cage. See, I think of, uh, yeah, you think of the cage too, but I also think of, uh, of, uh, what's his name? Baylock in the Corbomite maneuver. Yes, right? yes. Offering him the drink. Tranya. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And while you're there, please leave us a star rating and written review. And if you're not an Apple user, we've still got you covered. You can find all of our shows on Google Play Music, Stitchers, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows iPhone, and most 
third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file or grab the RSS link from our website. We'd love to hear your, your comments about this latest episode here. Uh, how many of you have actually played role-playing games? What decisions would you have made specifically? Well, uh, would you have would you have jumped over the marsh like uh, Ensign Palmer tried to do? Uh, what what would you tried? What would you have done? Just let us know. You can go to the Babel Conference in Facebook, B-A-B-E-L, and uh, join in on the discussion. You can also find the network on Twitter at TrekFM and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. And you can also leave us a voice message on SpeakPipe.com slash TrekFM. If you want to play out your role in our little adventure that we had going on there, you can record uh, maybe a line or two of what you would have done. Uh, what what would have what would you have said when we came back to the ship covered completely in mud? Leave us a voicemail and we'll we'll see if we can uh, add that to a future episode. Also, if you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form from our website at trek.fm/contact. Just choose send to a show and select warp five. That comes right to us. And if you enjoy all the Trek FM shows and warp five, you can also help us keep these shows coming to you. By becoming a patron of the network on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, to get all the details. You can check out all the perks, get in the patron zone if you get high enough. All it takes is $5 to enter the patron zone. You could also get producer credits and more. So just find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And our co-associate producers for Warp 5, I always like to... to sh- give them a shout out. They support Trek FM and Warp 5 through Patreon. That's Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Oser, and Mark Flessus. Thank you f- so much, gentlemen. I also like to thank Tony Robinson for creating the very cool show art. And it will actually be very interesting to see what Tony has in store for us on this one. And Brandon Shea for editing and publishing Warp 5. Thank you so much. You are welcome. So, Brandon, if uh, we had to. Um, if your our listeners want to get in touch with you about uh, maybe your superior lizard hunting skills and they wanted to get some tips from you, how could they get in touch with you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Metella. You can find me here on the network with new episodes of The Edge, which is all about Star Trek Discovery. You can find me poking my head up every once in a while on the Babel Conference. And you can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast, which is a podcast that I do with my friends Chris and Tom. And Floyd, where can people find you when you're not messing up the... uh, uh, what was the thing you were trying to build? Oh, I'm going to change oh. my ending there. And Floyd, where can people find you when you're not uh, saving my butt on the planet? Well, uh, you could. Pro- sounds like you could probably find me in a muddy marsh at the time, but uh, otherwise, you could probably find me uh, poking around there in the Bible Conference, the Trek FM listeners page on Facebook. So, Boomers, thank you so much for listening and joining us again next time for another episode of Warp Five. Mm-hmm.